Are you an enthusiastic wine drinker but sweat uncontrollably over a restaurant list from Albarino to Zweigelt? Set aside your fears, relax, and start enjoying wine without worry. Here's your host, Jameson Fink. I'm here at one of my favorite places on earth. It's Bottle House in Seattle's charming Madrona neighborhood. Um, sitting, looking out the window, watching the sunset and drinking sparkling wine. It's about as good as it gets. Um, and I'm here with one of the owners, Henry Schock. And we're going to talk about wine and cheese pairing. Um, Henry, thanks for being here. Thanks for sitting down with me. Yeah, no problem, Jameson. Happy to do it, buddy. And cheese, I love cheese, but like there's so much when it comes to cheese. They're cow, sheep, goat, soft, aged, firm, uh, grating cheeses, spreadable cheeses. It's almost as complicated as wine. And I know you have a great cheese program here. We've got three beautiful cheeses in front of us. What, um, when it comes to pairing wine and cheese, what, what are your philosophies on that? Yeah, well, I think the biggest thing about Bottle House, for those who haven't been here and have experienced our cheese program, but it's all about approachability. Um, what we love is it is a natural, harmonious uh, pairing. Um, what we try to strive to do here is uh, bring the educational component um, to the table. Uh, we have our uh, in-house cheesemongers that uh, bring cheeses that have been paired uh, specifically for the wines that we're pairing. Uh, we go through extensive um, practices to make sure that the cheesemongers are aware of all the wines that we're pouring, um, and then they bring in cheeses to pair. So uh, they bring them out, tell you about all the great uh, details in as much or as little as you'd like to know, um, and then we pair them, uh, then they come in and uh, pair them with wine. So it's a really great, really great program. My name is Eric. I'm one of the Bottle House Cheesemongers. Just came to give you a little bit of information about these cheeses. So I'll start with uh, Mopsy's Best. This is a really cool cheese out of the Black Sheep Creamery out in uh, Washington over by St. Helens. Uh, to me, it's a really great, it's a raw sheep's milk cheese. It has this really great kind of biscuity, flaky texture to it with this really nice kind of Parmesan finish. So it's a little bit interesting. So it has a little bit sweeter, a little bit more kind of robust kind of country time flavor. But it just same has that great kind of salty Parmesan flavor. Uh, right next to it, we have the uh, trout out of Trout Lake. It's called the Sawtooth. This is a really nice local, organic, and raw cow's milk cheese. It is a wash rind, so it has a little bit of a kind of uh, funkiness or kind of strong flavor to it. But mostly, to me, it just tastes like freshly churned butter. It's like straight off the farm, really great kind of smooth cow milk butter. Uh, the last one we have is out of Walmet Valley. This is their uh, extra-aged Gouda. This Gouda has been aged for almost two straight years, so it has this really kind of beautiful salt crystallization on it, which you can see right on the rind. It texturally adds this really great kind of crunch and really just kind of pops with flavor on the palate. Unlike most Goudas that have been aged for so long, though, this is a little bit sharper, so it has this really great kind of cheddar sharpness, which is just a nice little unique kind of uh, thing that they do. And, yeah. Great. Uh, I can't wait to try these with wine. Yeah. And um, what's interesting, I have a confession to make that some might find shocking. Uh, I'm not a big fan of red wine and cheese. I think a lot of red wines aren't that great with cheese. And, uh, and right in front of me, I have sparkling wine. And actually, I think white wine, generally speaking, white wine and sparkling wines are, are even better with cheeses than red wine, particularly sparkling wine, um, which I'm enjoying right now. This is a really good cava, and I've never had a cava without the three typical cava grapes that you see. Tell me a little bit about this uh, sparkling wine, this cava. Yeah, so um, we actually first tasted this wine a few months back at a bubbly tasting we had, and I was immediately impressed. This is actually a kind of a non, uh, a non-classic, I should say, 
kava um, blend. It's actually 80% of Viura, and uh, for those of you that don't know about Viura, it's actually one of the most widely cultivated uh, fruits, uh, or grapes rather, um, in Spain and all of the world, actually. So, um, but this producer, uh, Conde, uh, Armana is fabulous. Um, so it's 80% uh, Viora, 20% of an actual classic uh, cava varietal, uh, Macabeo, uh, that sees actually quite a bit of oak treatment, um, kind of taking in some of the same uh, practices uh, of Rioja wine or Red Rioja wine. Um, but, uh, but yeah, really rich, uh, very decadent, but also some really great brightness and acidity, I think, pulling from that Viora, which is absolutely beautiful. Yeah, I uh, love this wine. I love sparkling wine. And, um, I mean, that's what I drink a lot is, like I said, white wine and sparkling wine. But what's, um, you focus on, you have a big Pacific Northwest focus here at Bottle House. So what uh, what are some things that are kind of on your radar now that are really exciting you that you're featuring here? Yeah, well, I think the biggest thing for Pacific Northwest wines, um, because we are in the Pacific Northwest, is just trying to separate yourself from all the other both retail markets and wine bars. Um, and and what we try to do and what we strive to do is, is find wineries that are a little bit smaller uh, and what we call um, basically self-distributed. So wines that are actually not uh, covered by a, a local distributor. What we notice is, you know, those wines are a little bit harder, a little bit more boutique to come by. Um, so, you know, we, we kind of... We put ourselves out there. We, we, you know, we try to try to find these wineries that are maybe in in small uh, garages, uh, small warehouses, and in, in different parts of Seattle and maybe outside of Seattle and in the uh, Washington wine country and Oregon wine country. But we really try to do our part to um, support and cultivate some of these people that are just getting started that may may not have large distribution in Washington and Oregon, and try to give them a place at Bottle House. Um, couple wineries that are just off the top of my head right now that we're really loving. Structure Cellars, they actually just opened a really great tasting room in Soto um, near some of the the bustling wineries over there. Uh, We have a Cab Franc that we're pouring from them. And then another that's actually seen some actually recently great press, but is still very small, um, is Avenia out of Woodenville. Uh, two fabulous wineries that are having, that have great practices um, that are really, really showing well. Um, and a lot of our customers are really liking them as well, too. Yeah, I had Chris Peterson from Avenia on my uh, podcast when I did kind of a Woodenville extravaganza. Yeah, I really like what he's doing out in Woodenville. Yeah, he's, he's wonderful. Great, great, great wines. And um, we've, had, uh, we've had one of their wines on our menu at least for the last six months, and, and they definitely have a place, uh, you know, for the long haul here. I mean, that's those are the those are the type of people we love to work with. You know, people that are truly passionate and really, really eager to to work with places like like ourselves, who truly hand sell bottles and glasses of wine. And talk about um, that hand selling of wine or the education component. You mentioned it when it comes to um, cheese, but with wine, obviously it's something that a lot of people don't know a lot about but enjoy drinking, and they come here and they may look at the list and be like, I don't know what that is or I'm unfamiliar with that. How do you put people at ease who are you know are here to drink wine but kind of look at a list and are like, I have no idea what any of this is? Yeah, you know, that's a good question. I think it's, it's, it's very much similar to our cheese program. Um, you know, we, you know, like our cheese program, we don't have a list of cheeses with, you know, the milk, uh, the type of milk, where it's from, the region, um, the kind of cheese, et cetera, et cetera. You know, we, we leave that up to our mongers to express that, that at the table. Same with our wine list. You know, um, we, you know, my, my business partner and wife and I, Sony, have gone, had gone back and forth and, you know, do we 
put the varietal on the menu when it you know doesn't really make sense classically? Do we add you know little uh, blurps or tasting notes on the menu just to kind of ease people into it? Um, but we what we constantly go back to is is you know uh, the hand selling of it is we every other week we do a staff tasting on Saturdays and we taste through all the wines that we're glass pouring and the education point both for our staff uh, and for the table is is absolutely huge um, we go through each wine we tell people all the details fun facts about this wine and, and truly get you know buy-in and investment from all of our all of our employees and people who are who are pouring the wine for our customers I think that's that's one of the most important things for us because you know reading a menu like ours that you know you know the Pacific Northwest wines obviously um, you know might be a little bit easier to kind of digest but a lot of the European stuff that we have on the menu um, might be completely um, obscure to you know to the naked eye and and we we do our part to really really educate people about those yeah. what I like about the menu is I mean I don't want to use the word force but the fact that you know you have to there's wines listed and you know maybe the region it's from but if you want to know something about it you have to ask you have to be engaged and you need staff like that who can answer questions and are approachable so I think it it kind of opens a dialogue between the person who's drinking the wine and the person who's pouring it and gets conversation started and that to me starts breaking down whatever walls there might be absolutely absolutely and I think you know Jameson, you've you've worked here a little bit, so you know every. I've worked here for two years. Yeah, yeah, great. You know, great. He's a great employee. Parted amicably. Absolutely, <laughs> we love Jameson. Part of the family here. Um, but uh, as you know, everyone has their own different style too, which I think is also really truly special about this place. You know, our uh, one of our our head guys, managers, Carson here. Um, his his way of describing wine is completely different than than my style, and and same with other people. And you know we love that because we have a ton of regulars. That's 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 part of our business model is is truly being that that neighborhood spot. So we see people one and two and three times a week here. And so I just had dinner with two of your regulars, Dave and Debbie. Oh yeah, that's the kind of place it is. You like work here, you meet customers, and then they're making you a, a vegan feast at their house. Absolutely, absolutely. And they're you know and that's the fun of it too because these people come in. And what's the best, and we even talked about this too, you know, we don't even need the menu sometimes, you know, for our regulars, they come in, it's like, hey guys, and half the time we probably have three or four or even, we have probably 10 actually bottles right now open behind the bar that aren't even on our list because we're just like, you know, we think it's fun, it's exciting, the noise that you guys hear behind us right now is a, is a tasting going on of, of Willamette Valley Pinot Noir, so we're constantly trying to educate, trying to constantly put really great producers in front of in front of our people and, and spread the word. Yeah, I can't wait to heckle Carson when we're done and tell him what he's doing wrong and make him feel uncomfortable. I never did that while I worked here, though. I want you to know that. <laughs> so what kind of uh, trends are you seeing as far as uh, what people are drinking? Are you seeing, you know, whether it's locally or globally, uh, What are uh, what's changed over the last, how long has Bottle House been open, four years? Well, we're almost almost going to hit our fifth year actually yeah so what's changed over the last five years what are people drinking now that they weren't then or yeah there's a, a, been a couple really great things that we've seen just recently um you know rosé in in washington or, or locally i'll say has has really 
uh, hit a great stride. When we first opened, it was kind of on the, you know, on the fringe. People would come in here and say, oh my God, you guys have one of the best rosé selections, which we really strive to do. Um, but it was an education piece, and people were always, you know, inquiring about, you know, what our position about or what our position was on rosé and, and, and why we were such so passionate about it. And now, just you know, in the in the short time we've been open, um, now it's it's just a, it's gaining in a huge popularity. Um, things that I've been seeing that I, you know, that maybe we would like to try to drive a little bit, but also a lot of in, people that are intrigued about it. Um, different. Uh, Different styles of wine from uh, from local producers. Um, Willamette Valley, in general, has been doing amazing things. Uh, Minimus wines, those are awesome. Yeah, yeah. People who are who are taking you know maybe classic or not so classic varietals for for these regions and and doing really different things. Like whether it's uh, using native or natural yeasts, uh, using chestnut barrels, um, you know, different fermentation styles. I mean, th- you know, these are the these are the wines that are. Super easy. That's the garage door for the. This is a real working place. There's a winery right below us. That's uh, Will Ridge Winery. Yeah, that was the winery door closing. Um, so, uh, so yeah, so different techniques. Uh, that's super fun for us to sell too because there's a story behind it. Um, I would say outside of of, of that locally. Um, well, you and you touched on white wines too, Jameson. I think uh, white wines are are, are going to be well. They are huge, but also different varietals, unique varietals. Trying to really push and um, educate people on white wines who traditionally drink red wines and, and just the glory um, behind those, especially locally. Um, and then you know European, because our selection is comprised of Pacific Northwest specifically and European. Um, so from the old world, you know. Riesling is something that we're still trying to get a lot of a lot of traction on. We've done some some really great Riesling events. Um, uh, outside of wine, uh, cider, uh, very very similar aspects too. But we're huge advocates of cider, especially you know the, our local players, uh, both Oregon and Washington. Um, and then another one that we're all passionate about here is uh, is orange wine or uh, contact whites. Basically, long, uh, you know, maturation uh, process or skin contact with white wine. That could be a whole other segment. I'm sure you probably have done that. Last night, um, I'm kind of crushing on this winery from Oregon, Fossil and Fawn, and they do a Pinot Gris, and like the skin contact wines are like the skins of the white wine grapes are in contact with the juice for an extended period of time, and like this, this wine's like red. It's crazy. It was, it's real, but it's got like texture. It's sort of like. In a way, like white wine for red wine drinkers, it sort of bridges that gap. It's definitely different than rosé. It's got a lot more texture and substance. And sometimes people do it in like really funky ways with like these like amphora and stuff like that. But this is just a straight up uh, extended skin contact Pinot Gris from Oregon. But yeah, you're right. I see people getting really funky in a good way, experimenting with different grapes and wines. And um, and one of the ways that I keep up with What's happening here, as far as that's concerned, is through Instagram. I know you're really active on Instagram. It's just uh, Bottle House. The website's Bottle House Seattle. And of course, I'm on Instagram as Jamison Fink, and at my site is jamisonfink.com. But can you talk about um, sort of marketing that you do, like how people reach out and find you through Instagram, and how much that's been a, a help to getting people to know what's going on here? Yeah, you know, uh, we've, we've tried basically all avenues of uh of social media and instagram um we were talking instagram has really been a great fit for bottle house we it's kind of a uh, a running joke here that you know people come in here 
into Bottle House and they're like, wow, it feels like I'm walking into an Instagram feed. So <laughs> it's, uh, it's kind of fun just in the simple fact that, uh, you know, Bottle House is very like Instagram-y worthy. Like my wife is a, my wife's an architect here locally and, and helps design restaurants uh, for restaurant tours here. And um, so she did the design here and it's, and it's just so much fun to take pictures. So I think visually it's just, you know, you wine bottles, food, whatever it is, it's like there's, there's no bad shot. And I think that really resonates with people, um, you know, and food as well. I think obviously food is such a visual thing. And I've, we've noticed that, I mean, it, you, you know, you could simply take a picture of a, of a plate of food that we do here or a cheese board that we do here. And it's amazing. Like it's, it's been one of the, one of the greatest social media outlets just simply because, um, you hear it, you know, people coming in and they say, Oh, I saw that on Instagram and it's can tag you or they'll, uh, you know, use the location based thing and plug in bottle house. I and mean, you can kind of go, go back and look yeah. through like who's been here. What did they have to say? What did they like? Maybe, I don't know. What did they not like? I'm yeah. sure that's very rare, but you can address that instead of someone just kind of, you know, maybe grumbling about it at home. You can be like, Hey, sorry that happened. Or, you know, we can fix that or, or things like that. Um, Finally, what I want to ask you about is uh, it's going to be Valentine's Day in uh, a few short weeks. And um, what are your favorite Valentine's Day wines? Well, um, yeah, you know, I would have to go to kind of a, a classic uh, a classic place with uh, sparkling rosé. I mean, that's, uh, that's really, that's a happy place for me and I think a happy place for a lot of people. Um, you know, it, it just is a very great place. Uh, celebratory and delicious way of, of you know, either uh, uh, entering in a, a, a Valentine's Day evening or, um, you know, drinking that throughout the night. Um, so, so definitely uh, sparkling rosé. Um, and then really, uh, this time of year, I don't know what it is. Maybe it's something about the weather or maybe uh, some, something with the, with the foods that are coming out. But I'm, I really dig on, and hence, you know, what, what I mentioned earlier about the Pinot Noir. I'm, we're really loving, um, especially Willamette Valley Pinot Noirs. There's something about that, that kind of earthy, kind of homey uh, rusticness that we just are really into. And, um, and, it, and it goes really well with our food right now, too. And it's uh, both of those, I think, I don't know, when I think of... Valentine's Day. Those are like those are the two wines, you know, Pinot Noir in its in its red form and red still form and and sparkling rosé, pretty much in all levels. And another thing, I mean, I'm totally on board with sparkling rosé in any and all forms year round. But um, I also think it's cool, like if you're dating someone that you. Uh, think about a place maybe that the two of you have been or like a winery you visited or something maybe you studied abroad somewhere and just something that shows that you're like paying attention and you're not just some dope sitting there like you actually listen to your partner I, who, who wants dating advice from a 42 year old bachelor <laughs> take it with take it with you a grain know, of salt you know, absolutely absolutely yeah. I agree with you 100% that's so, great yeah, so, uh, show interest pay attention ask questions uh, that's my mantra that's my dating mantra that's a good mantra man and yeah. come to Bottle House because it will make you look like a rock star. It will, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, and you can come to Bottle House on Valentine's Day and make reservations and uh, or come any other day of the week, month, or year. Uh, Henry, thanks for being on the show. Go to BottleHouseSeattle.com. Follow him on Instagram at Bottle House. Follow me on Instagram at Jamison Fink and go to JamisonFink.com and listen to the show. You're listening to Wine Without Worry with Jamison Fink. 